It's a Saturday. I'm Kramer. It's Saturday's Kramer here right here on 1660 The Bet. Live and local every single Saturday from here on out for the remainder of the year. So we got we kind of got froze over last week. That's why there's no show. But you know what? We start the streak now. Consecutive, consecutive, consecutive weeks of Saturdays with Kramer. Chime throughout the show on the X app at Kramer Talks. And I remember, the first hour is always MLB talk. The second hour is always NFL miscellaneous. You name it. Talk right before the divisional round of the playoffs kick off today. But the first game is what Baltimore and Texans out in a an ugly weather game out there in Baltimore. But we'll talk more about football in the 10 o'clock hour. A lot of baseball. Haven't got to talk to you all about a lot of things. A lot of movement happened this week. There was no movement this week happening with the stadium plans with Kaufman or Arrowhead because some guy wants to veto it. I mean, he vetoed it. Uh, Yeah, we'll discuss why why these teams can't do what the Royals are doing. The MLB top 10 first baseman lift was laughable. Laughable. Like, like insanely laughable. Laughable. Astros sign uh, their closer, even though they already had one. Pitchers uh, that are, haven't been traded yet, we can discuss. Done deals. Off, on, yeah, we're going to get in baseball. Let's get in the baseball right now. Um, the, the Chiefs and Royals, they decided to release a statement this week, earlier this week. They, on one eighteen two days ago, a joint statement re- released by the Royals and Chiefs. We respectfully, we respectfully, let's restart this. We respect the county's executive's veto authority. We will continue working with legislators to ensure that the ordinance is on the ballot on April 2nd so that the Jackson County voters have the opportunity to decide on an extension of the current 3 8 sales tax. Okay, so the the, the, the county's uh, executive vote vetoed it. You know who that's, uh, the county exec is? No other than... Royals legend, Royals Hall of Famer. That's the only Hall of Fame he's actually going to be able to induct it into because you can't make the Hall of Fame batting a 255 in Major League Baseball. But uh, that's another hero or there. But Frank White, he even tweeted out, X'd out, whatever you want to call with whatever their posts are called now on X. Without robust bidding agreements in place, I have vetoed Ordinance 5822, a proposal for a substantial sales tax to retain the Royals and the Chiefs in Jackson County. And he had his full press, but that's just a uh, that's just the, the things that Frank White said no, and he he labeled out the unresolved issues. Jackson County resident per, uh, preference plan a substantial benefit for our co- county's residents, designed to match or surpass comparable in- initiatives in the MLB and NFL over the entire length of the agreement. The second one was local uh, presence of terms. Of teams, excuse me, commitment to keep the front office's training facilities and essential operations within Jackson County, insurance and uh, indemnification, trans, uh, transmissioning insurance responsibilities to the teams by 2025, our taxpayer savings, parks tax reimbursements. This is also another unresolved issue. Uh, rental fee, stadium uh, demolition, community benefits agreements, Royals new stadium location, which I mean they've already released where they wanted to put it at, Chiefs improvement plans private capital investment. Those are 10 things I guess Frank White was like, you know what? I don't know if we know the full answers of this. And I believe of the 10 issues that he laid out, we we basically kind of know half of them. It's 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 nice that the Royals already said, "Hey, we're we're already 
putting in $2 billion worth of our money to get this thing done. So why not get this thing moving? Well, it's, it's simple. Frank White has an edge or has a vendetta out on, I believe, the Kansas City Royals. He, he doesn't really, I mean, he cares about the Chiefs, but he doesn't care about the Chiefs because his heart, blood, and soul poured through, went through the Kansas City Royals system. So I get it. I understand you are loyal to the the county that you are in that's in Jackson County. I, I From the looks of this, I don't think Frank White wants the Kansas City Royals or the Kansas City Chiefs being over the Truman Sports Complex at all. I could, I, I mean, I, I'm not trying to speak this into fruition or anything, but I could see both teams logically leaving the areas. I, I, I know that Clark Hunt wants to stay where Arrowhead's at. I know he wants to keep Arrowhead the way it is. He doesn't want to, I mean, he wants to renovate it clearly to make it more safer and more accommodable for the, for the fans coming in to enjoy what the product is on the field that the Chiefs are putting on there. But he doesn't want like an indoor type of thing. He doesn't want that. He wants to, this is the envision. Arrowhead's the envision of what his father had, wanting it, what football should be. And we saw last week that there's people on getting frozen hypothermia from the fans and you, you name it from last week's games. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I really, really would not be shocked if somehow the Chiefs move over to the Kansas side of things. I wouldn't be shocked if that happened. Would not be shocked if the Royals decided to do that. I just know that they want to stay in Kansas City, both teams. But with this not being able to be put on the ballot for vote, for vote, but it's being vetoed before it even gets to the ballot is ridiculous. I think it needs to be approved by the county to where it can actually have its taxpayers within Jackson County to say, hey, I actually want to speak up on this. I actually want to vote upon this. It being vetoed is like, yeah, no, we're not letting you vote. Like, we're not letting this um, come on through and letting you vote for, for whatever you actually want, whether it is keeping or renovating or keeping the, the state where it is now. So you're pretty much just saying, no, we're not, we're not allowing you to move downtown. Or yes, go ahead and go for it because we, we see what the Royals are doing now. And it looks like they're actually trying to win. Like, I, think it, I think it needs to go to a vote for Jackson County residents to ensure that they are being heard. Because right now, people in Jackson County aren't being heard. No one's paying attention to their comment section in on X. Like, do you really think out of the 300,000 300, views Frank White has on that X post, he read any of the, the comments? Like, do you really think he did? I, I personally don't think he did. He, he, he's just going to have his press PR people tweet that out and not worry about it. Because this is his say, his say only. His word is the only thing that, that matters to it. Uh, this was on, uh, on Fesco in the morning. Bob Fesco over on, uh, on 610 Sports Radio, our sister station here at 1660 The Bet. said legislators doesn't have the vote to, uh, to override this veto. And if he does veto it, I'm also told that there's not enough votes in the Jackson County legislature to override his veto. Even though it passed 8 to 1, I'm told right now they only have five votes to keep it on the ballot, and they need six of the eight or six of the nine to override the veto of the of, of the county commissioner. And so, I, I just I, if Frank White would come out with a logical plan and tell everybody exactly what he wants and exactly what the county needs, I think it would be a lot different than just going out there and saying, "I want a better deal." 
for the county. Okay, what does that mean? We don't know because a better deal for you may not be a better deal for us. I think Frank White's just bitter. That's I just think it is. Like, I mean, he was removed from the broadcasting booth from the team. Um, that was back in 08. And since then, this has been going downhill. It, it just, it seriously has. And it sucks because of what he meant to the team when he was playing baseball. It was great. But that was when he was playing baseball. He hasn't played baseball, what, since the 80s? Was it late 90s? When did he retire? That's a, that's a question. That's, that's worth a million, uh, not a million answers. Someone someone who's a more of a diehard Kansas City Royals fan. I mean, he's Frank White's 73 years old. So anyway, I mean, it was the right to veto the stadium sales tax extension. No, you need to extend the sales tax. Because if you extend the 3 8 sales tax, it's just the 3 8 cent. If you don't extend that sales tax, that sales tax is going to go, it could go from a 3 8 cent to a full cent. Like you're, it's it's could be more detrimental you vetoing this than what it could actually come up in the future. They're not infl- inflation is rampant around United States, Kansas City. We all see it. We're all living through it right now. They just want to extend the exact same sales tax that they've been doing this entire time. They're not worried about the inflation to it. But since it's now going back to the ball, the court of the uh, the, the 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 with the Royals and the Chiefs, they can be like, you know what, we could we could get this thing done quicker if we just do a what five cent sales tax, maybe a one cent sales tax. Let's inflate this bad boy. Everything else in the United States is being inflated. No, this is staying constant and staying the same. And I I mean I could just be talking out of my rear end right now because I know I I live in Clay County. I do. I would not mind. Paying that sales tax if they were to move the Kansas City Royals over into Clay County would not matter. Would not bother me whatsoever because I know how much I love baseball. But man, they, they, we've we've already got details upon everything of what they're trying to do. At least the Kansas City Royals side of things. You know what's interesting? The Chiefs. I haven't heard much talk about it. I think the Royals are getting the Royals are on the front line. They're the infantry. Right now, they are getting the brunt of everything, and the fact that a the Royals are coming out here talking about this, knowing that hey, our lease is almost up. Hey, we would like a new baseball stadium. Hey, this one's kind of falling apart. We only got a few more years left. What four more years? Let's get this thing. Let's get this thing in motion. And yet, a former Kansas City Royals player. Is holding it up. Let that sink in for you, real quick. Let that sink in. Just a bitter man. That's what it is. That's that's all. That's all. This is, is happening right now. Man, it's just. Uh, I I just wish things could go smooth. Nothing can, ever in life can go smooth. Never. Absolutely not. Like. It could go between this. Heck, even getting into work today. I forgot my fob. Getting trying to get in the building. Had to call the people at KMBZ. Luckily, they were able to let me in. Like I thought today was going to be a good day. I mean, wake up, saw saw the uh, the the wind chill, the the wind saying uh, it being negative one degrees outside when I w- woke up, and it, the wind chill feeling like negative twenty something. I'm like, okay, 
let's just get in that hot shower real quick and then warm up that way and then go get the truck warm up and get my butt here. Yeah, I thought it was a nice breezy day. I, I, I woke up feeling great. I've been sick the last two weeks and I thought, you know, it's good. But on the way here, I realized I'd forgot my fob at, at home and I have no idea getting, I don't know how the heck I'm going to get into this building. Nothing in life can go as planned, and we're seeing that with me waking up this morning and seeing that with how it's taking forever to figure out whether or not we are going to see the Royals move downtown or whether or not they're going to be renovated or whether or not just putting things into motion, whatever's going to happen over the Truman Sports Complex. And it's, 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 I'm, I'm growing frustrated about it. Whew, breathe, Kramer. Breathe. Hum. Namaste. Namaste. But on the lighter side of things, the Kansas City Royals, they're doing something that I feel like a majority of baseball teams should probably start to mimic or start to understand that, hey, we should probably build a winning ball club. And I'm talking to you, Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm talking to you, the Colorado Rockies. I'm talking to you, the Oakland Athletics. I'm talking to you, all the bottom of the barrel teams that are in the MLB, that's including the Kansas City Royals. I can still classify the Kansas City Royals as being a bottom-of-the-barrel team just because of what happened last season. But we're sitting here on January 20th, a team that has spent over $100 million in payroll just this offseason with between six guys. We got Seth Lugo, Garrett Hampson, which that means like Garrett Hampson's like $2 bucks. Uh Michael Walker, Chris Stratton, Will Smith, um, who else? Hunter Renfro. Like they've they've actually put in equity to build this team up because of a very insightful, very delightful type of way of one the evaluation season of the the past two years, and two John Sherman listening to the fans. Which, by the way, if MLB owners could operate like what John Sherman's doing right now, there would be so many good baseball teams. With like, I think every single baseball team within MLB would actually be a substantial, well-run, could be a lot of majority of the, of the, of the leagues could be 500, especially if you, have, if you have a full team. Like Every single team has studs on them. You're going to win games, you're going to lose games, and the majority of the, of the, probably the entire league might finish around 500, which that would be a good deal. Because that means everybody is in the pack. Everybody's in the hunt to get to the postseason and get to the World Series. John Sherman's trying to do that right now with the Kansas City Royals. He understands how bad, how, I wouldn't say how bad this division is, how not star-studded, how wide open, there we go, that's, that's the word I should probably use for the AL Central, how wide open the AL Central truly is. Remember, the Minnesota Twins won this division last year by my, not by not by much. Well, I mean, they won by much, but the... The teams around them, the, the, the other four teams in the division, what, they finished under 500. I think the Detroit Tigers finished second, Cleveland Guardians finished third, White Sox fourth, and the Royals fifth. I'll tell you this right now, the Minnesota Twins are not winning this division this upcoming season. They have done, I don't think they've done enough this offseason in order for me to say, hey, yeah, no, they've, they've rebolstered. They, they've, three, of their, three of the five starting pitchers they had are on different teams now. Two of the players play for the Cincinnati Reds, and one of them plays for the St. Louis Cardinals. Kansas City Royals put money into this team. They heard, they heard, they they got they got so much backlash last year. Whether it was from me talking about how bad this team was, or for the fans of talking how bad this team was, John Sherman listened. John Sherman's listening right now. I don't know if he's listening to my show in particular, but 
He's listening to everybody around what they're talking about, what they can do, how what they can improve in the Kansas City Royals roster. And Josh Norman's like, all right, I'm done with this. Like, I, I want to win. Like, I want to see. I want to go to the, the K every single day, like I usually do, with that smile on my face when I first get there. Then by the fifth, sixth inning, I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. That's it's another game where we're going to lose. We've lost over a hundred of these. I've seen over 200 losses with my time being a Royals owner. Time's changing. Time has, it has exceptionally changed in a third year. Into year three. I think it's year three and four for John Sherman. All I know is I would love to sit down, have a conversation. Heck, I would even buy his dinner just to talk to Mr. Sherman. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I I've absolutely love, enjoy I think it's fantastic what you're doing for the Kansas City Royals right now. Why can't other owners do this? We saw last offseason where Stephen Cohn of the New York Mets was just, you get you you come come play here, you come play here, you come play here. Here's here's a half a billion dollars. Here's another half a billion. Like come play for the New York Mets. Like we 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 see your talent, but the thing is the talent that he tried to bring in there didn't come to fruition of what the envision was for what the New York Mets were doing. He, he signed a lot of people to a, a big, big number of contracts. And he also traded people, especially those big number of contracts, like a Max Scherzer or a Justin Verlander of last, last year. He got the wrong guys. I know that's, that's the risk you're willing to take. But that risk is worth trying, especially if you are a small market team like the Kansas City Royals. This, th- th- there's so much. So much can happen for this organization to catapult them to the top parts of this division. Like, I, I just don't see why teams do not want to try to do this. Because you put money into your team, you're going to make money back. Like, I guarantee you, I, I know all the diehard Royals fans are already there. I mean, it, I mean, I think it averaged this uh, this last year 10,000 people, no matter what, at any game. Even though I went to one of the like the lowest attended games, I believe, with the with my with one of, with one of the games with my my mother. Baltimore Orioles game, it, it seemed like I could I could listen to the people up in the upper deck talk. That was also in early May. But early May, this upcoming year, I'm not gonna be able to do that. Because maybe that maybe that early May game, there was maybe five thousand people there. Maybe I, I have to go back and look at it. But that early May game this year could be ten thousand people because of what they did this off season. I just don't I just don't understand what other owners don't. See in putting putting more effort into building a team because you're not if they're if you're not putting any effort like the Oakland Athletics where they just like you know what we'll get that Jace Peterson you're you're probably thinking who's Jace Peterson oh the middle utility infielder for the the Milwaukee Brewers a year prior yeah we're gonna get him I come on like, I don't even know I off the top of my head I probably can scroll down and see. Who did the? Because I have everything listed on my uh, on my rundown of done deals that have already have happened, and I don't see a notable person at all from the Pirates. From the Pirates, okay, maybe it's Rowdy Telez. That one year, three point two million dollars. Ooh, Rowdy Telez is going to strike out majority of his at bats. He might hit over three hundred, not three hundred home runs. He might hit over thirty home runs. And driving up to fifty to seventy RBI, but he's going to be batting close to two hundred. So it's if he's batting close to two hundred, it's going to be it's going to be a, a stretch for him to even get close to that thirty home run mark. No, the Pirates, the Rockies, 
the A's, they all sign their players to trade them. That's what the Kansas City Royals used to do. I'll tell you this right now. They're not doing that now. They are 100% not signing the players just to trade them. I don't foresee Hunter Renfro being traded. I don't foresee Michael Walker being traded. I don't foresee Seth Lugo being traded from this um, uh, this this hole of an offseason that I can actually officially say for the Kansas City Royals. That's not even talking about what they did last year. They, they got Cole Raggins uh, in the trade. Like he's, he, he looks like a, a number one for the Royals, even though it's probably Brady Singer who's number one is. But he looks like number one, and they got they traded for him last year. He was a, he was one of the best, not if the best pitcher the, of the back half of the season last year in, in the Major League Baseball, not just the American League or the American League Central. No, in Major League Baseball. I like what the Royals are doing. What is the? Uh, I know a while, maybe like two weeks ago, I was checking the the sports books apps because I am a gambling degenerate. We we all know this. Which, by the way. A little quick bet before uh, it gets to eleven o'clock. No, no, I'll wait a little bit later on. I got, I'll, I'll get my best bets second in the second hour. Best bets probably around maybe ten thirty. Expect best bets be around ten thirty. But I saw on DraftKings that the winner of the division of the American League Central is at plus one thousand four hundred. Was the Kansas City Royals? I'm thinking, hold up, hold up. You're telling me if it's a plus 1,400, which, okay, I'm going to see if the odds have changed since three weeks ago. Uh, Division winners will go down, scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. So, you know, I told you two two weeks ago I saw it at plus 1,400. On DraftKings right now, the Kansas Royals are at plus 850 to win the division. They still think the Minnesota Twins are at minus 115. The Guardians are coming in second, then right behind them is the Tigers, then it's the Royals and the White Sox. But the Royals' odds are getting smaller and smaller with good reason. I think people can see around the world, around the baseball community, whoever tunes in and listens to or watches baseball on a nightly basis like I do, whether if it is during the season or offseason, they see what the Kansas City Royals are doing. They do. And they're doing great things. Like, I... I know I'm not a Royals fan, but I cannot wait to go to Royals games this upcoming season. As I think majority of the games I went to last year, I think I went to 14 or 15 games last year. It was, uh, it was a, uh, I was shocked how many games I went to. But I think out of the 15 games I went to, I made us all two wins from the Royals. One was a walk-off by Samad Taylor. His, I think it was his major league debut too. He hit that walk-off uh, against the Angels. That was pretty sweet. Let's see Shohei play. That was that was why I went. But if you're the Pirates, if you're the Rockies, if you're the A's or any other bottom of the barrel team in Major League Baseball, you need to replicate what the Royals are doing. Because if not, you're just wasting your money. No, you're actually making money, sadly. Even if nobody shows up, you're still making money because of the TV deals. Which, by the way, TV deals, you can watch, I believe, I think this is correct, you can watch Kansas City Royals baseball on Amazon Prime this upcoming season. We finally have found... Oh, oh no. Don't get too excited. Are the I, I'm curious. I don't know this answer myself. Are blackouts going to be restricted or are they going to remove the blackouts? Because if... I can watch Royals on Amazon, on Amazon Prime 
it's probably gonna be blacked out for me because I'm way too close. <laughs> I'm right here in the, the the heart of not even the heart of Kansas City, up there, uh, the Northland area. But we can watch other baseball on Amazon Prime now. That's pretty sweet because of the the, the diamond uh, the 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 Bally Sports went bankrupt. Diamond, uh, yeah, and Amazon's like, you know, we'll 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 get the cost. We'll we'll get those baseball. Which by the way, that does happen, and they end up moving everything to Amazon. I think it's a win for baseball. I can guarantee it's a win for baseball. Jeff Bezos is going to make more money. That's all going to happen. This is Sarah's Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. I hope you all are enjoying your lovely, cold Saturday morning like I am. It's not cold in the studio. I am thoroughly shocked. I, I know I'm still wearing a beanie, and I still got my hoodie on and stuff. But I'm thoroughly shocked of how warm it is in the studio. My, the, my hamster got here, I guess, before I did. He actually had a, a, a way to get in the building rather than I did. And he, he he warmed it up for me. Everything's working. I got the he I, I even was able to get the strings pulled where I got the the official text saying that hey you're on air for my mother. Which by the way I enjoy those texts every single time knowing that I am on air because there has been times where I've been thinking I am on air when I'm not on air and that is an awkward weird feeling. It's like which which is which is odd because of how long I've been doing this now. I think we're on year three. Are we on year three? Let's go. Year three of Saturdays with Cray right here on 1660. The bet, it was a score at one point. This was the score. If you can remember that, this was the score. That's when that's when Saturdays with Cray was started. Then we switched to the bet because, I mean, gambling, money, money. But, no, I've actually had I've, – I've done 15-minute spots while I'm talking here. Thinking I'm talking over the air. It's been, it was 15 minutes of dead air my very first show. I'm, I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. One, nervous as heck for my very first show. And I'm like, am I actually going to fill time? Am I actually going to be able to fill this entire hour? Because that's when Charles Kern was only one hour. And still, Mr. Spectre gave me this, uh, gave me the ball. I'm running with it as far as I can until he says, hey, you need to you need to cut some of the antics out in your show. Oh, well. I'll keep going. I haven't got that message yet. <laughs> I haven't got that message. So whatever we're doing, we're doing right, I guess. If we haven't had the boss man come in and say, hey, let's let's cut this stuff out. Like, you can't be doing this. But no, this has been Cyrus Kramer on the Bet 1660. We'll take a quick break, and I'm just going to laugh through the MLB's top 10 list at the first baseman position because this guy's at number two. This guy, the, this, this Philadelphia Phillies number two. Hasn't even played a full year at the position yet, but he's ranked number two in baseball. I got a bone to pick. He may be uh, on my dislike list once again. I'll discuss who it is next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on The Bet 1660. Back out of here on a Saturday. Saturday's Kramer in the Bet 1660. Chime on the show at uh, on the X app at Kramer Talks. Ask me questions. Give me your take on the downtown stadium stuff. Let's be, we'll have some conversation that way. Phone line still doesn't work in here. It's been uh, this. I I might. Uh, I don't understand. I, I just. I've tried to figure it out. One day. One day the phone lines will work here. 
I've got a big, big gripe, big gripe on my list right now. So baseball is releasing its top 10 list, whether if it's first baseman, second baseman, third baseman, you get it. Or the top 100 players of baseball. They do that every single year, and we're at the, the lull where free agency isn't really picking up yet. The like, It's been a dead, it's been a quiet free agency season, I believe, when it comes to term of the, the deals being made or deals being done that we should see because there is a surplus of players still out there waiting to be signed. So... Since no news is coming out, that's why these lists are coming out. To get people talking, to get people engaged. And we'll do my, I have to do these because if everybody's doing them, then I should do them as well because I feel like my top 10 or top five, I'm doing top five. I'm doing it. Top fives are coming out next week. My top fives of players in each position. That is next week. For a fact, book it, sign it, dot it. It's, it's next week. My top fives for every single position is happening next week. But MLB Network's top 10 first baseman list is absolutely laughable. We'll start at number 10 and work our way up. Number two is I have a big gripe at number two. Big, big, big gripe. But number 10 is Tristan Casas of the Boston Red Sox. Okay, that's all right. He's a young guy. He's a young rook. He, back half of the season last year, was better than his first part of the season. He actually gelled at first base. That final month of the season, he was actually on a tear. So Tristan Casas is, is showing me something. And when I see these this list, I'm thinking of the defensive side. I'm thinking of the hitting side. I'm thinking of everything, you name it, at that position, what you're supposed to do. Also, the only reason why I like the position a lot because, I mean, I, I'm a first baseman by trade. So that's why I like this, this position group a lot. Number nine, Arizona Dimebacks, Christian Walker. Kind of shocked. A lot of pop, a lot of power coming off of Christian Walker's bat. I think he led the team in home runs last year for the Arizona Diamondbacks. He was a big, big reason why they, they made it far into the playoffs, that deep run of the World Series. I know they didn't win the World Series, but he was a big reason for that, but he's at number nine. Number eight. Number eight's a guy who's not even on a Major League Baseball team. He's a free agent right now in Brandon Belt. What last season, I mean, this is a, 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 a big leaguer who spent majority of his career in a Giants uniform. I think he was in um, a t- a Toronto last year, I want to say, but he's a free agent right now. How, how can you make a list when you're not even on a team? I, I get how good you are, but I want to think of when I see a top 10 first baseman list in Major League Baseball, I want to I want to see the guys that are already on teams, and I know that the, that list is there. I, I think they should have left Brandon Bell off this list due to that reason. He's still a good baseball player. He's still a good first baseman. I just wouldn't put him on a list if he's not on a team. So at number eight, it's just it's it's head scratching to see Brandon Belt's name on there. Number seven, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Number six, Pete Alonso, which I think is kind of criminally low. I think, I think Pete should be up there like in the top five at least. Number five, they do have Yandy Diaz. Four, St. Louis Cardinals, Paul Goldschmidt. Number three, Atlanta Braves, Matt Olson. And you can't really argue about how good Matt Olson is or how good Paul Goldschmidt is. I know Paul Goldschmidt's uh, stick went down last season. I mean, he went from a, an MVP guy to a subpar hitter. It was, it was, it was strange. But he was, I mean, he's, he's, he's able to still hit over that 20 home run mark, even still driving runs, but he was still a very good defensive first baseman. But Matt Olson, at three, he hit home runs left and right. Well, I mean, most of his home runs are pulled up to the right side of that field, and the ball just carries when you're at Truce Park in Atlanta because that, that ballpark was built for a left-handed hitter named Freddie Freeman. 
which I haven't got to his name yet on the list, but spoiler alert, he's number one. Uh, but yeah, Matt Olson number three, I think he needs to be in the number one or number two. Matt Olson has a great glove at, at first base. He can also hit the crap out of the ball. He might be the Freddie Freeman. He he might him and Freddie Freeman might be the exact same player because of how good they can hit the base. Well, I know Freddie Freeman has a better con has a better average than what Matt Olson brings to the table. That's why Freddie Freeman's at the number one on this list. But number two on this list, number two, he transitioned from the outfield to first base. Because of Tommy John surgery. He's the everyday first baseman from here on out for, for the Philadelphia Phillies. And you have him at number two when he played his first, not even full season last year, at first base. That's Bryce Harper. I was I was absolutely on a roll liking Bryce Harper. Liking him so much. But it's not like I don't like him now. It's the fact that I don't like Illumine Network's top 10 list at putting him number two on this list for only playing, what, 50, 60 games, not even a full season, not even half a season, at first base. Like, how can you tell How can you tell me that he's the second best first baseman in Major League Baseball, not even playing a full season there? I, I was seeing him do mistakes at first base. I mean, granted, I know it, you, it was a learning experience for you. I, I, I get that. I it's he still needs to learn how to play the base. He still needs to understand to position himself where he doesn't get hurt, where he can properly get the out at first base, making it look even more clean and look more spectacular, make it look more easy, like what Freddie Freeman, Matt Olson, Paul Goldschmidt, Pete Alonso, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Brandon Bell, and Tristan Casas can do compared to what Bryce Harper can do at first base. I think putting Bryce Harper at first at second on this list is a slap in the mouth. He's a great hitter. I cannot take that away from Bryce Harper, but he has yet to prove that he could be a gold glove caliber first baseman, even though that he's played a less than a half a season at that position group. I, I You cannot put him number two on this list. You could probably put him at top five. I, I Maybe top seven. Maybe top seven, maybe put him at the number six spot on this list, but he's not the number two guy. He's just not. And then putting him on this list number two just makes me want to start to dislike him again because at first I thought he was cocky. I thought he was arrogant. I thought he he thought that his stuff didn't stink, which, I mean, granted, he was a great baseball player for the time. He was just way too arrogant and cocky as a young kid coming in. And I, I, I still to this day think it's in, it, insanely hilarious where the All-Star game, his very first All-Star game that he played in, he was in left field, and he lost a ball in the in the sky here in Kansas City because he was a because uh, so, it was the the Royals were hosting at that time, and he let the ball go behind him, which I thought it was hilarious. I laughed when it happened. I, I think the only reason why I, I'm talking about it now because it's just funny. It, it, in all seriousness, but the, Freddie Freeman number one, love it, love Freddie Freeman being at number one. But man, Bryce Harper at number two, come on, come on. Do better baseball. Do better MLB. Seriously, do better at your lists. Do better at it. Oh, what do we talk about next? What do we talk about next? We've noticed that the trade market really hasn't picked up yet. The the trade, I, I'm curious when that's actually going to happen. Do you realize we're about three to four weeks away from when pitchers and catchers report? Do you it's it's odd because after the Super Bowl. There's like a week left, maybe two, maybe a week and a half. And I know that I can't remember who's actually starting off the year in uh, Korea. 
Uh, but yeah, no. MLB's opening up its season a week prior to, to play, I think, in Seoul, uh, South Korea, which is awesome, which is fantastic. Continue to grow the sport, especially knowing that maybe because some KBO guys could be there to, to watch or even play, depending on the players and teams who are there. But the trade market hasn't really picked up at all. I, like I mentioned earlier, the free agency has slowed down. The, the deals have been not... Not like the deals that have been coming through. I mean, the last one that was big notable one, wasn't it? The uh, the Shoto Imanaga, which he signed with the Chicago Cubs on a four-year, $53 million deal. We'll get to more of that than the done deal section here uh, coming up quickly. But remember at the beginning of the offseason or at the end of the season last year or even, heck, even at the trade deadline last year, a handful of guys' names were popped up on the possible opportunity to be traded. That was Chicago White Sox pitcher Dylan Cease, who... Arbitration agreed hearing. They, I think, it ordered like eight or nine million dollars, which I thought's criminally criminally low for an ace on your staff. Which Dylan Cease is the ace of the Chicago White Sox staff, but he was the talk about being traded. The Cleveland Guardians Shane Bieber, the Milwaukee Brewers Corbin Burns, and heck, the most recently one that we we know that the Royals kind of had tabs into trying to figure out if they were going to try to trade him or not was Miley Marlins pitcher Jesus Lazardo. Like these guys are still staying put, and I'm just curious whether or not that one of these, one or two, maybe maybe three of these guys could be traded. I don't see Corbin Burns being traded at all from the Milwaukee Brewers still. I thought it was uh, thought it was wild when his name got mentioned. So we, we know about Brandon Woodruff. We know about him. We know how two of a one-two punch, how good those two guys are. And with the Brewers still obviously always flirting with making the postseason or making the postseason and not making it far in the postseason – uh, what's the what's the deal here? Are we going to start to see them trade their their top guys to, I don't know, rebolster a, a position group that they are are lacking? Maybe if it's, it is bullpen, maybe if it is starting pitching, because if Corbin Burns is gone, and say if Brandon Woodruff is too, like you just got Freddie Peralta. Is that, is that all you're going to be running around with at, at the pitching rotation forward Milwaukee? No, I don't see Corbin Burns being traded whatsoever. Shane Bieber, I do. I think Cleveland the Cleveland Guardians are on a decline. Uh, I, I think we're going to see them regress a lot, especially with uh, Terry Francona, who retired last uh, last season and put, brought in Stephen Vogt, a former baseball player, a former catcher in, in the league, and uh, that he's their manager now. We could probably see a decline because of said reason like that. I know Stephen Vogt's, I mean, like I said, catcher. He knows how to game manage and everything that way. Heck, I saw, I saw him get to do that with the, the Oakland Athletics uh, when I was watching him during his time. Heck, he was... He, I think, didn't he almost help them make it to the, the playoffs like in 2017, I want to say, or he helped them get to the playoffs in 2017? Uh, yeah, no, I I think Shane Bieber gets traded. I think Dylan Cease gets traded. I mean, one, Dylan Cease's arbitration contract, I mean, I said it's like almost $8, 9000000 million. That's cheap for an ace. Somebody can go out there and trade for it. Heck, if I'm the Kansas City Royals, I'm just like, hey, what do you uh, what, what do you, what do you you see over on our side of the things? Like, we can make a deal to get Dylan Cease in the Kansas City Royals uniform, or heck, even do it with the St. Louis Cardinals uniform. I wouldn't mind that whatsoever. It's a cheap contract that you can trade for. The only thing is you have to pay him the next upcoming season or let him walk. So depending on what the, the, the trade package is going to be, it could be a lot for a little or it could be a little for a lot. So it just depends on how things go. And Hazel Cesardo, I could see out of the two guys here being traded, I see. Uh, I think Lazardo stays. Dylan C. Shane Bieber will be traded, I want to say, before or maybe during spring training. That could be a possibility. I'd be I'd be curious to see how that would go, but oh wow my uh, my the the desktop I use here to read off my rundown says oh your computer will start in two hours. Luckily I won't be here in two hours. Astros did sign. Let's get to the done deals. 
Uh, Astros signed Josh Hader to a five-year, $95 million contract. And this deal, I believe, solidifies the Astros having one of the best back ends of the bullpen, and it is scary. You got Brian Abreu, who could be a closer for every single team in Major League Baseball. You have Ryan Presley, who is the closer for the Houston Astros. And then you have Josh Hader, who is the closer now for the Houston Astros. All these guys can throw junk. All these guys can throw heat. These guys, these three guys, I could see them averaging maybe a a 1.43 ERA. That's how good these three dudes are. These three studs are. And that's, Astros are doing what the Astros do. They get that bullpen arm. They get those guys that can lock you down the seventh, in the eighth, in the ninth, just to make sure they can close the game out and they know that their bats are going to continue to bat. Like they've, they've got, they still have one of the best bats in their, in, on the team with Jose Altuve, Jordan Alvarez, Alex Bregman. Those three guys, your core, your nucleus, with those three in your, in your, in your lineup, they're still there. They're still productive and they're still going to do great things. And now that you fact that you have a great lockdown shark tank bullpen, you're good. Like the Astros are good. I think the Astros might have the edge over the Texas Rangers now when coming to this divisional matchup and this divisional shape up. But yeah, Josh Hader, five year, $95 million deal to, to the Houston Astros. Other deals that have happened uh, earlier, was it earlier this week, earlier last week? Wouldn't be this week, Kramer. This week hasn't really happened yet. No, but no, but the Cubs signed Shotoy Managa to a four-year, fifty-three million dollar deal, who could make up to eighty million dollars worth of incentives. Which it's it's interesting to see these incentive-based things for guys over coming over from Japan. There's a lot of if you look in the details and the contracts for for majority of the guys that they are overseas guys, you see the 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 incentives-based thing because the the, the transition from from like MPB or KBO to the MLB, there's a transition there because some people say that, oh, this is like a 4A level type of area over in the KBO or this is like the AAA equivalent over here in the KBO or the MPB is like the the 4A equivalent of what we would see like in between how the hierarchy it is from MPB, MLB, KBO, AAA, AA, single A. Like like that's like it's the intricacies of how the things are working. No, but the Cubs got a guy. They got a 30-year-old left-handed pitcher who isn't a ace by any means? He's gonna go out there and um, he's gonna go out there every fifth day and try to win you a ball game. Uh, he's he's not gonna touch 100 miles per hour. He may not even touch 92 miles per hour when it comes to his fastball. But he has filth. That's what's gonna deception. That's what Shota Imanaga is going to bring to the table for the Chicago Cubs. And I absolutely hate how he's a Cub. I don't like the fact that he's a Cub. I was hoping he'd go to like the New York Yankees or something like that because New York Yankees need pitching. And uh, yeah, Yankees. By the way, they got pitching. Marcus Stroman, they signed him to a two-year, $37 million contract worth up to an $18 million option for the third season. I'm absolutely shocked that the Yankees went out there and signed Marcus Stroman. Remember, they had some, uh, the the GM, uh, Cashman and uh, Stroman, they kind of have some beef. I guess the beef is settled even though the, the, the money talks. He, I, when they, they're trying to make that deal when he was, I guess, with the, the New York Mets organization or however the New York Mets were like, yeah, no, we're not going to make a deal for Mark Strong because we don't see him being a top guy. This was like back in 2018. And, uh, that of course those things resurfaced and people are bringing that back up again, but I guess the beef has been squashed and the Yankees need pitching. And so they went out there and get Marcus Stroman. They also got Luke Weaver on a one year, $2 million deal. Yeah. Former Royal, former Cardinal alert right there with Luke Weaver. The, the San Francisco Giants, 
They signed right-handed pitcher Jordan Hicks to a four-year, $44 million contract. I thought the Giants would be more active in this offseason, but they've been lackluster and they've been quiet. And the fact now that you get Jordan Hicks, who was a former St. Louis Cardinals, uh, uh, I would classify him as a closer, a bullpen guy. He was a Steve. They tried to work him out as a starter at one point. Didn't work out that way because of arm issues. That's why they relegated him to the bullpen. And he's had a, a decent time in the bullpen. Not the best time in the bullpen, but Jordan Hicks can hit over 100 miles per hour every single pitch he throws if it's a fastball or a two-seam fastball. Like, he's going to get to that 100-mile-per-hour mark with ease. That's why the San Francisco Giants got him. And the thing, too, is Jordan Hicks did not sign as a closer. He did not sign as a bullpen guy. Jordan Hicks signed as a starting rotation type of piece. Like, we're going to see the possibility of Jordan Hicks try to resurrect his career back in the starting rotation by signing this deal. And this is a gamble. This is a big gamble when it comes to uh, signing Jordan Hicks because I've seen what Jordan Hicks can do as a starter. I've seen what Jordan Hicks can do as a bullpen guy. I, I, I trust him more as a bullpen guy, and I, I barely trust him in that spot. Him getting $11 million per year for the next four years, congratulations to Jordan Hicks. I don't know how you did it to finesse the system, but you know what? You did. You got paid. Congratulations to that. But I don't see this working out. I just don't. I feel bad saying that, but I just I don't foresee this happening. I don't think Jordan Hicks is a starting pitcher in Major League Baseball. He'll probably have to get moved back to the bullpen, and that's when he's probably resurrect his career. Maybe he could be the next the next closer for the – well, he can't be the next closer because they already got that already locked down and uh, signed, sealed, and delivered for that one. But, you know, Jordan Hicks signed a four-year, $44 million deal with – San Francisco Giants, other deals that have happened, Teoscar Hernandez, uh, one-year $23.5 million deal. Mets signed Shamania to a two-year $28 million deal. That includes a player opt-out of the 2024 season. And also, Angels, they've signed uh, third baseman Hunter Dozier. Hunter Dozier's back at Major League Baseball. This might be a minor league contract, but he has the possibility of making the big club, especially going to spring training and all the fun, glitz, glamours of all of that. Other trades that have happened in Major League Baseball. The Cubs acquired right-handed pitcher Yancey Almonte and infielder Michael Bush from the Dodgers in exchange for left-handed pitcher Jackson Ferris and also outfitter Zaire Hope. Michael Bush was the the big piece in this trade coming from the Dodgers to, to the Cubs. Uh, he's going to be a great big leaguer. I think he's going to be a solid third baseman. He's going to have... Some more pop and more defensive caliber at third base than what Patrick Wisdom brought to the to the Cubs. Yeah, Patrick Wisdom, former St. Louis Cardinal as well. A lot of St. I'm talking about a lot of St. Louis, former St. Louis Cardinals and a lot of Royals players. Also, haven't you noticed this offseason? A lot of former Royals have been signed recently to teams. Maybe there's something that, maybe there's something there. Hey, there's something there. Do you think that the Royals actually have a good farm system to where these players might just develop later, but they're still playing baseball. They're still great role guys. They're still guys that are, that are still bouncing around playing baseball. There's something there about that because I think a lot of a lot of former Royals have been signed to teams this offseason, are being moved this offseason. It's 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 interesting. It, it no, it it truly is. All right, lastly, we can get to the hot stuff. I'm not going to play the little ticker because there's there's no need to play the little ticker. Uh, Fox Sports, they hire uh, former St. Louis Cardinals starting pitcher. Adam Wayne writes the booth. He's going to be on the Fox Sports broadcast for for the uh, the. It's going to be great. Like I, I, Adam Wainwright filled in during the the postseason. I think he gelled on that. He was perfect for the 
for the broadcast booth itself. He brings in a lot of knowledge, especially a ring, two rings. Yeah, no, I, it's good for Wayno. I get to hear him still. I may not be able to see him pitch anymore, but I get to hear him. I get to hear him. This side is coming around the bet 1660. We're into year three of this. Hope everybody's enjoying their lovely Saturday. Man, it's been cold. It's been super duper cold. Like last, I can't believe, I honestly cannot believe last week. Last week was so cold, I couldn't make it to the studio because one, ice, it was negative 10 degrees outside. I wasn't risking it on the on the on the on the highway, so I was like, you know what? Let's it, it's it's safe to say it's it's better to be safe than try to risk it getting here. I did miss talking to you all last week because I had I had I had some NFL stuff to get off my chest. I know I had some NFL stuff to get off my chest in the top of the hour because it's a little tease. The head of the table, the quarterback group. Who is it? I'm curious. No, I, I, I'm curious. I, there's eight teams left in the NFL. Divisional round of playoffs start today. I'm going to rank my top eight quarterbacks like everyone else has been doing, but I'm not ranking them like, like how others are. There's a table. I'm inviting these guys in. One by one, they will walk through this door. The first person who walks in will be at the end of the table. The last person who walks through this door is going to be at the head of the table right next to me because I'm always at the head of the table. Get your ones up. We'll see who's the quarterback head of the table at the top of the hour. We'll do that next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660.